Hi, it's Jennifer Diane Ghostin, and welcome to Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land. You may have wondered what reunion looks like from an adoptee's point of view, or be embarking upon taking that journey yourself to search for your first family, or simply want confirmation that you are not alone in your experience, wherever you are on the path of healing and pushing through a trauma. Wouldn't it be empowering to have many of your burning questions answered here? This conversation was recorded on January 6th and 13th, 2022. And at the end of our chat, Tina shares her beautiful poems. Her support and encouragement is priceless and deeply appreciated by me. If you haven't listened to part one of my conversation with Tina, I recommend that you do so before or after listening to this episode. This is part two, the conclusion of Tina being a most wonderful guest host. I'm curious, so I'm assuming other people are curious as well, as who do you listen to and what are you currently reading? Mm, okay, I'll start with the reading. I just finished... Florence Fisher's book, The Search for Ann Fisher, and I highly recommend it. It was actually recommended to me by a birth mom who's read it like three times, and she said, oh, wow. uh, she said that book is just so beautiful and you need to get it. So I did and read it, and I actually finished it last night, and it, it's just an adoptee's heartbreak for 20 years trying to find her original family. So there's that book. I'm still like sitting with her words. And I'm reading Laureen Pittman's The Lies That Bind. And yeah. Yeah. Have, do you have that book? I have read that. And I did write down the search for Ann Fisher that you just said because I have not read that. So I'm, I am curious about that. But yes, I have read Laureen's book. So are you finished with it or where I are just, you? I'm like, yeah, I'm just starting. And okay. she's such a, a great writer. I love her the, her style of writing. So I'm reading that. And I'm reading um, a few other books that don't have anything to do with adoption. And the titles, uh, I'd have to get them for you. But as far as podcasts go, I definitely listen to adoption podcasts like Haley Racky's Adoptees On and Damon mm-hmm. Davis hosts. Who am I really? And there's some new ones I've been listening to, Black to the Beginning. I just listened to Damon's episode of you. That's how I found it. Yeah. Yeah, I like Dr. Sam and Sandry. I like what they're doing mm-hmm. with their podcasts. And there's another one I listened to recently, um, Pulled by the Root, I have been listening to as well with mm-hmm. Heidi, hosted by Heidi. And I kind of move around and just discover new podcasts all the time. Mm-hmm. So the ones that are not adoptee related would be Something You Should Know hosted by Mike Carruthers and I do recommend it. He does not need any recommendations because he's like blowing it out of the, the water. <laughs> but um, it is very informative. Okay. The Minimalists. Yeah, Joshua and Ryan, they're two minimalists that do a weekly episode I think they even do they might do two episodes a week but they're they're if, if anybody knows anything about minimalism they are the go-to guys as far as I'm concerned to just kind of 
lean into that, which I had been doing for about three or four years. I just don't like clutter. I didn't realize that there's a thing called being an organized hoarder. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want any parts of hoarding. So that's another podcast that I listen to. I have not heard of that. So I know I'm curious about it. But in the adoptee arena, what do we hold on to and what do we let go? Seem to have found it before a pandemic. So, because you said three years ago. So, mm-hmm. you were kind of almost preparing. <laughs> you were getting educated in that way. Yes. I'm writing these down as you're saying them. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. You said you had some other books that you couldn't think of. Yeah, Finding Joy, a, a true story of faith, family, and love. I'm like on chapter four. That's really good, too. It's a memoir by Joy R. Fisher Griffin. And and another book that's not adopted related is Love People Use Things. And that is by The Minimalists. I did want to mention that. Okay. Because it is important to read other stuff besides adoption. Well, really, we just incorporate it, right? However, whatever you're reading, it holds on each of us differently. You know, Mm -hmm. what you take in and what you remember, I think is just from your own experience too. It kind of weaves throughout. So yeah, Yeah. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. I like how you're able to connect something that's non-adoption related, but yet it's applicable. There's things that are discussed. So you're able to do that so well. Well, I think as a reader, right, we pick up what we pick up because we we know we want to learn something and and the admission of we don't know what we don't know, right? So we're going to keep keep pursuing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited. Like I'm adding these to my list of who I want to read. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I so it makes me. I know I didn't mention this question before, but are you someone that reads multiple books at once? Absolutely. Like I'll have <laughs> like six or seven books. And and it's funny because I don't get them mixed up. And I've been doing that for years. Yeah, I do that too. Not as many. It's usually like two or three. But my husband tends to read, you know, one book. He reads a lot, but start to finish. Right. So I, so I just kind of, that just kind of struck me. It was like, hmm, I wonder. But is it just a different way? And I don't either. I don't get them confused. It, I can... Sometimes I have to walk away from one and kind of hit something else and then come back. And then there's other times I do pick up something and, and read it mm-hmm. um, you know, because you, yeah, you know, you want to finish it or you feel like you just can't put it down. Yeah. I wish I could just take a book like your husband and, and read it, finish mm-hmm. it and pick up another one. I, I don't even remember a time I did that. I just have always had, multiple books and and I carry a book with me everywhere I go Mm -hmm. and it's usually two or three like I grab them on the way out the door and (laughs) because I don't ever want to be like stuck by a train and not Mm -hmm. have some reading materials or in a long line like you'll always see me with a book I love that yeah I think it's so it's just something that is never it never goes out of style, right? It's something. It's like our. It's like a friend, right? It's yeah. like that. It's some, something that keeps us company. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's like a companion. Yeah, I'm never. Yeah. I feel like I'm never alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, it's weird that way, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I remember I had a boyfriend years ago. He says, you always have a book in your hand, and you always are reading four or five books. How do you do that? Like, he was <laughs> it's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I said, I don't know. I'm just kind of wired like that. But my mother was a librarian. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that has definitely been a big influence on me in my life since I was a little girl. I love books. And I Mm -hmm. guess just thinking about it, like right here with you now, is they have been my friends, just like my journal and a pen and a pad and. Those have been really good companions throughout my life. And I I treasure them. You know how you treasure a relationship? Mm -hmm. Like this is a relationship that started very young because my mom, she loved books. Mm -hmm. And she told me, you know, you can go anywhere in the world. You can be with pretty much anybody through their words and through the places that are described that, that you can be catapulted there and be in relationship with the author through their words and and I do believe that you can experience their world through their their writing yes it's so beautiful you know I I don't want to say like we're a different generation but I do have memories of during the summer we would be out for three months out of the year going to the library and you could get a certain amount of books I can't remember how many like six books at a time or Mm -hmm. something like that yeah and we would read I mean that's what we did you know we were outside enjoying the summer too but on our on the inside time we did have books in our hands through the summer and I just never um, I mean I'm listening to you now thinking to instill love of reading from a very young age is such a beautiful gift the Mm -hmm. fact that you're was part of her profession, but for her to be able to spark that in you. And really, once you, there was a teacher of one of my kids that said, once you learn to read, then you can read to learn. Mm. And it's kind of like this gift that never stops giving. Like if you have a spark to read, then you have kind of everything you need as far as what you can keep learning, you know, that it never stops. I love that. Just that, I don't know, I'm just thinking of little Jennifer with a book in her hand and like that should be every child you know it is a beautiful gift it's a really beautiful gift and and I know that when I first get somewhere like when I first relocated here from Chicago I said where's the library you know like Mm -hmm. and let me get my library card like it was one of the like would you get your driver's license or something it was like Mm -hmm. the top of the list and I remember when I first went to the library, closest to me was brand new. I was so excited because I, I, I didn't know anything about what all was around me. But mm-hmm. I said, wow, it's a brand new library. And I remember going in there. It was a beautiful building. Like, I get excited about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I still keep my library card current for Chicago because when I'm there, I want to be able to duck in the library and check out something if I want to. It's a big deal. Yeah, it is. We have our local library, too, and the, the hours are really limited, but it is close to schools, so so I hope that, it, obviously, that continues, right? There's assignments that you have in school that you have to pursue a library, I would hope, mm-hmm. but I remember that the the shift of, I can't wait till I can read what I want, and it's not an assignment. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. 
Because <laughs> I know I'm big on pulling up YouTube videos to find mm-hmm. out how to do stuff. I, I really appreciate that. But one of the things I remember doing is going online to my library site and looking for a book about podcasting. And mm-hmm. I found a terrific book called Make Noise. So that's another book I'm reading. Mm-hmm. I guess it is related to adoption because that's what the my podcast is about. But it's a creator's guide to podcasting and great audio storytelling. And this book is a gem. Like whatever you, whatever podcasting ideas you have, this book is is for you. But again, I was like, yeah, let me learn how to do something or do something better through a book I can check out from the library. And I end up buying mm-hmm. it. That happens a lot too, because I'll check a book out and I really like it and I'll buy it. You know, but the library is one of the best resources we all have at our disposal. I do believe that. Yeah, I think that's that's such a good point. And often with our with the technology that we have, it's forgotten and it's not the resource isn't used as it should be. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so yay for <laughs> teachers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and librarians. I know my yeah. mother. My mother was amazing as a librarian, and she she used to always say, and I really want the listeners to remember this, you don't have to know everything. You just have to know where to look. And I think that's that's it right there. Uh You you know, just look, got a question, just look it up. You know, you don't have to keep it in your head is what she was saying. Yes. Well, and, you know, the child in me, it's also knowing who to ask. Mm Mm-hmm because we can ask questions and sometimes we're just not asking, we're not asking or we're not asking in the right places. Right. And it's knowing where to go. So that's so good. In closings, I feel like we've, we've really hit a whole spectrum in our conversation. So I really appreciate just having the opportunity to get to know you better for you to share so much of yourself. And then at the same time, I feel like you're reaching out kind of holding everybody's hand at the same time because we're all in this journey together. We are. Yeah. So my last question for you is what are you looking forward to and what are you excited about today, right now in this moment? Painting my garage. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. This project has been a long time coming. Like I'm really excited about painting my garage, you know, but outside of that, there's a lot of lived experience outside of adoption um, mm-hmm. for me, which has a lot to do with my career. It, it just seems like I constantly get people wanting to hear a police story, wanting to hear a case, something that really stands out to me. And, and quite frankly, there's so many that stand out to me. But I do know that I have 10 of my most involved cases that I have been unpacking and looking over and thinking about to perhaps make into a series. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's like, that's really kind of front and center now. Once I kind of get a chance to really sit down and write some more, I kind of put it on the shelf to, to really focus on the podcast in 2021 and, and mm-hmm. certainly 2022. It has my undivided attention. But that is really something I'd like to work on. I know it's of interest to people to hear about real cases and to hear 
behind the scenes because, mm-hmm. you know, there's no way for you to know what it's like to be a detective if you're not a detective. So people want to know. My family often says, well, t- is it really like TV? Is it really like, what is it really like, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think people, they deserve to know what, I, at least what I know from my experience because law enforcement, and I'm really big on this, the the, the gap between law enforcement and the community must be bridged. Um, mm-hmm. There's just no getting around that if if it's going to be productive on both sides because police cannot solve crimes and mysteries and investigations without the community's help. That's one thing that's upcoming, I guess, or in the future, I hope the near future. Well, I'm very intrigued. I know it's going to be really special when you get to the point where you're able to share that. And it makes me happy to think of you painting your garage, thinking of how you're going to tell these stories. (laughs) uh, I wish we lived close enough. I would come and help you paint. (laughs) Painting is actually very therapeutic for me. I enjoy Mm -hmm. it. You know, like I got the paint. I'm doing gray and I guess there's some short shade of red. And I've seen other people do these colors together and they're just so pretty. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, like I've had the paint and I just haven't gotten started until a couple of days ago. So t- today was like day two. Yeah, I'm excited to see the finished product and also just enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. Do you use your garage as a garage? Because this sounds like it's going to be a really nice garage. It's kind of, yeah, just a garage. But I, I envision it, you know, like the kitchen. You're always in there. So I feel like I'm mm-hmm. always in my garage. And I just want it to, to look nice. I want it to look maybe not beautiful. But, mm-hmm. like, I look around and I feel good. Because right now it's just it's just okay. And I want it to be where it uplifts me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the color, well, you know, fresh paint always makes you feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And then these colors together, I think will it'll be like, oh, that's nice, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I don't really do anything in the garage. Well, I, I mean, I'm suspecting that there's people listening that probably are like, I can't even see the walls in my garage. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a whole nother <laughs> Thanks. So this is really impressive that you're going to be able to appreciate the space. And mm-hmm. it sounds like you're incorporating some of that minimal part. So that's really, that's interesting. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I've been a minimalist for probably at least three solid years, maybe more. When I moved from Chicago here, mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much stuff I had, like in mm-hmm. a two bedroom house and Chicago, it wasn't, it was very small, and yet I had managed to pack. I was what I would call an organized hoarder. Mm-hmm. I managed to pack every nook and cranny of that house, and I didn't realize that until moving time. You know, like, it's like I got, still more stuff is coming out of this little bitty house. <laughs> it's just, and I realized this was a time to donate if I wasn't using it, if I didn't need it. Because I didn't want to bring all that stuff to this new home. Right. And that's kind of how that unfolded in 2014. And then as I leaned into it, I was like, I have so many things I'm not using. I didn't want to be a wasteful person. And to me, if I have 
three pea coats, which I did need in Chicago. I don't need it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, why am I holding on to it? They're beautiful mm-hmm. coats. Someone mm-hmm. else can be wearing them. They're just in my closet. That's wasteful. I just began to go through all of my things in that way. And I said, I'm really digging this minimalism because it, when you let go, kind of like your number one, your first question, you know, saying no to something allows you to say yes to something else. And that's how it felt like letting go of things allowed me to have room for the things that were most important or to give my attention to mm-hmm. what's most important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. I feel like we're kind of coming full circle in the conversation. At the same time, the question of, you know, what are we holding on to? What do we keep moving that is not necessary, you know, that we can let go? Mm. I feel like that's definitely like my message for the, the week. Yeah. Uh, I think a good friend helps you recognize those things. Yeah, that was good. That was good, Tina. Yeah. Who would have thought? minimalism would be where we would come back to what do you say no to so you can say yes and and they are always talking about that Joshua and Ryan are always talking about that's the whole point of minimalism is to be able to do the things that you want to do be with the people you want to be with Mm -hmm. Uh, that's what it's about and sometimes you can't see that if you've Mm -hmm. got all this going on, you know, like all this clutter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this has I been mean, great. It takes us back to the whole adoptee uh, experience too, mm-hmm. because hanging on to things that don't serve us and not being open and available because we're so busy with things that don't matter to a new relationship, to a new family member, to something new. Mm -hmm. I think it's there's work that needs to be done there's heavy lifting moving those boxes or moving that stuff and there's also the emotional work that comes with it and I can just say that it's worth the work (laughs) like it's a lot of it's a lot of work but I feel like I would have never thought the things that have happened during a pandemic that really I can count as blessings which makes no sense whatsoever because there's been so much loss and it's just been this whole other experience that we've had to survive in different ways and have this new normal that if you haven't come out with what really matters then we need to really keep looking at that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah thank you so much jennifer i just appreciate you and I just appreciate um, the support and the encouragers. Thank you, Tina. This has been wonderful. And I just appreciate you willing to do this. I, um, I, I feel honored that you said, yeah, let's do this. So thank you. Dream partner. Dream partner, shadow sister. With our lava stomachs. Invisibility superpowers, alone, quiet, hours and hours. Breathing words, bounding letters, digging truth down to root, replanting, seeing what will bloom. Reading life, stepping into the room where we can be alone. You take in all expressed. As my words spill out, you shake your head, faint tears, slight laughter, 
seemingly connected through understanding. You stare in disbelief. How could I know these events have lived, trusting despite? How can I know what you feel? United in this way, lone, not lonely. Suddenly, you are my closest friend. You carry the words gazing out the window, closing the pages. Thankful I have shared, giving you a voice along with courage to do the same. Maybe someday you will write too. Nice. This is called whatever. Whatever you do, hope it brings out more of you. All this illegitimate thinking, lump in the throat, blocking those tears, linking back fears, all those lost years. So many shadow trees, hints of what could have been. Sometimes no one wins. That challenge each day, you could go either way. When did you lose your mom? What would you say if your answer was every day? It is the unspoken language you are born never hearing but living, titled, rescued, kept, chosen, given this opportunity to be safe, loved, better. Wherever you go, whoever you know, each day new, let it bring out more of you. The bonus episode, part one and two, with Tina, was most enjoyable. She is so easy to be with. And then there's that thing about our brains being wired alike. Yes, it's a thing. And that makes me smile. I appreciate all of her thoughtful questions in an effort for you to get to know us better. I appreciate Tina's willingness to share her beautiful poems in this recording. I hope you take a listen to her episode 45, to learn more about her adoption story. I truly appreciate how she contributes to the adoption community on a regular basis and in big ways by participating with other adoptees online, reading adoptee memoirs, other adoption-related materials, and listening to a variety of podcasts about the subject of adoption. She encourages me and so many others to remain inspired in the community. On behalf of Tina and myself, We hope you have been encouraged today by our conversation to stay connected to other adoptees and use those many tools available to all of us to empower yourself and remember that you are not alone in your life's journey. We are all in this together. If you're an adoptee, and would like to share your adoption journey, please visit jenniferdianegostin.com. Thank you for being here, and please check out my website for other episodes, Once Upon a Time in Adopteeland.com.